Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Kagongo and Mike Munzenreiter to celebrate 10 years of Pretty Sweet and maybe a more recent Ty Evans production. Our all-stoked-on Thanksgiving special is coming up, and we need your voice notes to make it happen. So send us your voice note with who you are, where you're from, and what you're stoked on to mostlyskateboarding at gmail.com. Do it by Wednesday, November 23rd, and we'll be stoked to hear from you and share your voice note on the episode following Thanksgiving, whatever date that is. I don't know. Anyway, just like I did 10 years ago, I watched Pretty Sweet with my wife on a real TV, and I gotta say, I think the video holds up. Mike, what was the skate video landscape that Pretty Sweet entered into 10 years ago? I think we all thought it was going to be like the last big video, right? we kind of been thinking about that for a decade but um i recall 2011 in particular was kind of a pretty forgettable year in terms of skateboard videos uh i was doing stuff for ride channel at the time not at, in 2011 but uh let's say 2015 2016 and actually jason from frozen and carbonite and i and lucas weisenthal were working on a list of like the 25 best skate videos of every year you know preceding that and for 2011, I think uh, it was real since day one was the winner, but it was kind of by default, like no disrespect to that video, but like it was literally the only video of no, no of any note. We didn't have to debate anything. So yeah, when Pretty Sweet came out, it was a big deal, obviously. Girl and Chocolate videos are always that. But um, I think it came, at, it, it came, all that is to say, I think it came at a weird time for skateboard videos because we thought it was going to end. We didn't think we'd get another Pretty Sweet or a pretty sweet and we got it and it kind of did end that type of video but then it didn't does that make sense yeah yeah it does i think um i'm gonna go a little bit further with you i think that pretty sweet is the equivalent of the big bloated high budget records that define the mid to late 1970s the things that the punks railed against and for skateboarding in that particular era there was i think some discomfort with the fact that Crail Tap had become so big. And I think I'm right in saying that there was discomfort because look how quickly the landscape shifted within two to three years. And that was about the time when I started skateboarding again. Started skating again. Um, let's see, I went, uh, I turned 30 in 2012 and I went skating that day and I had a miserable time about it. And then fast forward two years later, I'd moved to LA, bought a new setup and everything, and here I am. And that was a time where Palace, Bronze, my, my man Paul Young out of New York, he was doing videos that were uh, getting up. Ali Bar, that whole crew in the DMV, the, the resurgence of Pulaski Park, the, the rise of international scenes. You know, this all runs parallel with Instagram, everything like that. So much of what started happening immediately after was a reaction, was a reaction to Crail Tap getting very, 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 very big. It was logical that it was going to happen. You can't stay the kind of fun, freewheeling company that they were in goldfish or mouse forever, you know? And you look at um, fully flared, you know, comparatively, and you see, you know, you see how big it became. And I don't know, I it holds up because the skating is good, but I just gotta say this, while I'm continuing on the music thing, the music is trash. What do y'all think about the soundtrack? I mean, it felt like, it felt like y'all were doing too much. It felt, it, it felt like an iPod shuffle is what the soundtrack, it was all over the place. The, the music direction all over the place. Oh. I'm, I'm not mad. <clears throat> well, I feel like, yeah, the, the music is all over the place. Like, I think that Jaron's 
Jaron song, Tupac back, Meek Mill and Rick Ross, that song's fucking rad. I actually like the intro song. I like the Justice songs, or is it Eustace, since they're justice. French? Oh, it's, it's, it's Justice. It's okay. justice. In, in French, it would be Justice, but, you know, they go by the anglicization of their name. Like, they're very much, even though they are kings of their little lane of French touch, they still, they use the anglicization. Okay, yeah. So, I, I like the Justice songs, but they also feel like those guys didn't pick those songs, you know? Like, it feels like Ty Evans picked that. And then the craziest song of all is Mike Moe's Fits in the Tantrums, total normie shit. Like, how did that happen? I mean, Mike Moe also skated to the Arcade Fire in Fully Flared, which was kind of normie, or very, ended up becoming normie. Very normie. And it just, very, it's very just so weird. Uh, it's not weird, it's bad. Just call it what it is. I mean, even Corey Kennedy skating to Bob Seger. I know, apparently that... that Apparently that lit up that lit up the slap message board back in the day. Uh, <laughs> Mike, please go on. Night moves and Corey Kennedy. As far as I'm concerned, uh, well, okay. Before I go into it, we also got to talk about uh, Vincent Alvarez skating to Alvarez. Excuse me, skating to three different hyperactive songs. Awful. Uh, as the first part, and I mean, good it, songs on there. Well, except for the the Trunk Boys song, but of course. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like, I mean, that's that's the sequel to um, Mark Johnson skating the three songs in Fully Flared, except it's like, you know, the hyperspastic way. And I mean, that is that's Ty Evans at his insane excesses best. Like, that's like a trans world montage. That's like the reasons montage. But in defense of Corey Kennedy and skating to Seeger night moves like. That's when the video actually starts for me. You know, after I got through my initial watches, if I was going to watch it, you know, I'm skipping around. And that's an all-time great video part, just to kind of talk about the video in, in, you know, in its on its skateboard merits. Like, the song, Corey Kennedy, the vibes, if we're going to bring, you know, vibes and vibe shifts into it. Like, he skates insanely fast. He's extremely good. And um, it's actually... You know, great to see him back. There was a Crail, Crail Tap Instagram clip of him and Rick Howard at EMB doing little tricks on the stairs. I don't know. That's an all-time favorite part. And if you know it, you know it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great part. The, that's the thing that was interesting. Oh, by the way, uh, Jesus Fernandez and Chico Brennan came to Gypsy Kings. I think that was actually tight. By contrast, though, <sighs> Elijah Burrell. Like, oh, man. I don't... I guess... I love suicidal tendencies. I love bad brains. I guess it it just felt like some of the music selection was obvious. Because here's the thing. The skating is still super, super impressive. It's a lot. It's peak ledge tech. And it's also everybody's control, whether it's an old head or respectively uh, old heads like Jerron Wilson uh, or some of the younger cats like Mike Moe uh, or Corey. The finesse with the ledge tech. My goodness, it's so, 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 so good. It's just like you, you almost have to wonder... If you trimmed a little bit of this video and completely redid the soundtrack with stuff that was contemporary plus historical, but didn't, you know, but, you know, work, maybe it would have been received differently. Because, I mean, I think another thing that happened as a result of Pretty Sweet was that you started to notice a lot more skaters. And I shout out to Palace and Bronze for doing this, showing some real variety in their music supervision and especially Palace shouts to them for really leaning heavy into UK club culture and putting that at the center of their videos. Uh, because this, like I said, again, it feels like an iPod shuffle. Um, there's something in here for everybody, but 
kind of in the worst way. But here's the thing, like, it still felt good to watch it. And I think it feels good to watch because it's, and maybe, maybe y'all can help me on this one. I think because of the amount of work that the folks at Tap have been doing to refresh the team, turn certain people pro. I mean, was it Eric Herrera just got turned pro last night? Uh, Brianna got turned pro earlier this year. Carl Aikens last year after the Bunny Hop premiere. You know, like, they're putting in work. You know, they've been putting out shorter videos, shorter edits. Like, they've gotten with the times, you know. The music supervision still isn't always A+. plus, But especially at Bunny Hop, it felt like they... It felt like Krilltep had, had, had gotten back some of that goodwill that they'd kind of lost. And every, every brand loses it. Nobody has the juice forever. What do y'all think? Yeah, you can't stay cool forever. And yeah, I think Bunny Hop was... A return to form for the the Crail camp after like a few videos where they were kind of out in the woods reformatting whatever you want to call it. I think for me, like when I watched Pretty Sweet ten years on, there was no baggage. You know, like when I watched Pretty Sweet for the first time ten years ago, there was all this expectation. There was fully flared looming in the background, all this shit. But I could just take it in for what it is on its own now ten years later and. It's a really fucking good video. Yeah, I, I agree. And I enjoyed it a lot. And I, I'm not going to lie. I watched it. I watched most of it today. And I, I, I watched the parts I usually do and some of the parts that uh, I usually don't. I think that, you know, when it came out and you're talking about Baggage Templeton, like Fully Flared is basically the end of an era in my head. And that era began with Yeah, Right where Yeah Right was kind of like the beginning of this, the 2000s, basically, because I don't think any videos that precede it really like absolutely hit on all the trends that would be apparent from, let's say, 2003 to 2012. Like, Menek Mahdi came out in 2000, but that's definitely a 90s video. Everybody's nodding. We're not using mm-hmm. video, but, but listeners, <laughs> trust me. I think that, yeah, Pretty Sweet was the end of an era in skateboard videos and fashion and the way people skated. And were the thoughts at the time that was a little underwhelming here and there? I don't even I don't remember the reception. And granted, like I was um, I just, you know, powered through college as a man and finished that at like age 30. And I wasn't as connected with skating, but I was still working in a skate shop. I don't have a concrete remembrance of the reception, but I don't think people were like, you know, it wasn't glowing. There was definitely good stuff, but it wasn't glowing. What do you guys recall? Yeah, I think it was, it was, there was a lot of baggage and it was hard to, um, you know, Mark Johnson has just a a full length part with one song instead of three. And I think that it, it was a bit of a changing of the guard, you know, like there's no Rick Howard footage in this video and Mike Carroll has like guest tricks. So it's, you know, I'm sure I was very disappointed in that at the time, but watching it now, I get it, you know, I wasn't expecting it quite as much and there was kind of a decent amount of uh geno footage which i was surprised about exactly you know there's like the the little pockets those little nuggets of greatness in there you're like okay they got some geno joints i mean (sighs) i think that the mark johnson part in in pretty sweet is i'd rank it up there with the tearjerker parts the kind of parts that you watch them you might actually shed a tear so mark johnson in pretty sweet uh obviously dylan's uh solo joint and Rodney Mullen in Secondhand Smoke. What do y'all think of some tearjerker parts? Like ones where you're like, you, you, you might find yourself feeling really emotional watching them for whatever reason. It could be the song, the skating, some, you know, it could be a skater who passed. 
I feel like Pontus is like poised to make a tearjerker part. I feel like there were some videos where I was like on the verge or something. But as far as parts, I can't think of any. I just want to argue that the single song Mark Johnson part in Pretty Sweet is better than the fully flared part. Where's the argument? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Temple, Temple didn't see like, well, maybe in, at the time he was let down. Watching that part today, like that, the, the whole, I mean, the, all the skating in the video kind of is not a part of the mainstream anymore. Let's just go full stop. Isn't part of the mainstream anymore. Nope. And there's some stuff that I'd leave for sure. But there's also just like, I'm going to like, I don't know. There's there's a level of sketchiness that is not, that is present today that is not present in fully pretty sweet that is uh, pretty sweet. You know, <laughs> those dudes are doing like high ass level skating and it's immaculate and the filming's immaculate. And maybe some of the fish eyes bug you, but like that Mark Johnson part made me miss Mark Johnson because, I mean, it's worth pointing out that has he had half a dozen clips since that video are we counting instagram i i i'm not counting instagram i never i i might have followed him on and off but like i don't know his his whole you know unfortunate disappearing act and companies that never quite go and just looking like he doesn't skate in adidas clips when he does put out a clip it's yeah it was good to see mark johnson again and settle in that's a great part absolutely but here's the thing mark johnson had had such a storied career on Krill Tap. The fact that things went down so badly in the end, uh, it, it really, it's really sad. I mean, I, I wish there was something profound and, and, and great that I could say. I wish there was a metaphor that could be appropriate here, but it was, it was such a sad end. It was so, dis- and the way that it played out publicly, I mean, it, it makes the beef that's happening right now between Mikey Alfred and Illegal Civ and all of his ex-writers, it makes it seem tame by comparison. Well, can I can I just be glib and also serious? I mean, we're of talking course. about A plus listers versus some like I'll be nice D listers. Like those dudes are not much a part of the history of skateboarding, and literally like all like half of all your favorite skaters quit Krell, like the whole Krell Tap Camp Girl in Chocolate after Pretty Sweet came out. That's the and best thing it, that ever happened to them. Wait, what? <laughs> That's the best thing that ever happened to Krelltap is the exodus. I don't know. I think so. I really, really do think so. There was no, it was not sustainable. There was absolutely no way that they could maintain uh, a roster of that size, that type of juice. And also the culture needed it. I mean, goodness, like we haven't even talked about Alex Olsen. Also, by the way, Alex wanted to skate in, um, in Fully Flared. If I recall, he wanted to skate to Public Images, Public image. Also, by the way, R.I.P. the late great Keith Levine, arguably the best guitarist of his of his generation, of his class of punk rock guitarists. His part would have been so much better if he skated to Public Image. Instead, was it Turbo Negro? One of those bands like you can't really tell if it's a joke <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, you mean Public Image Limited? Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he wanted to skate to the song Public Image by Pill, and for whatever reason, they went with. Turbo Negro. Again, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just not in on the joke. Yeah, I, I don't know that song, but I'm sure it was better than a Turbo Negro song. Yeah, it was interesting watching Alex Olsen in, in Pretty Sweet. He's wearing Vans. He's wearing Nikes. Not sure if he was wearing any Lakais, but it kind of... He was of, off right after, after Fully Flared. He was off. Oh, yeah, that's right. Vans. Yeah, so it shows that 
you know, Mark Johnson could have had a graceful exit from Lakai uh, had he played it differently. But I, when I was watching Alex Olsen, I was like, ah, he, he's looking a little, like, dusty. Like, the tricks weren't, like, I, I don't know. It was kind of like he was skating like he was old, but he was not yet at his, like, peak. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think either, either fully flared or pretty sweet for Alex Olsen or, like, his best work. It all came afterwards. Yeah, like I it's agree. It's in Cinematographer Project and then um, in Cherry... And if I can take it down this route, I feel like Cherry two years later was a, ah, yes, throwback. And I'm not sure he's going to say it's a direct reaction to Pretty Sweet. But I feel like that's the next big video. And that kind of was like, oh, we're going a different way. Yeah, that's crazy that it was only two years later because it's such a shift. Well, and think about this. Like, it's November, uh, November 17 when we're recording. November 16, if I recall. November 15 or 16 was the actual, you know, 10th anniversary of the release of Pretty Sweet. And if I remember right, Cherry came out in spring of 14. So like the 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 turnaround and the change and the absolute shift in direction didn't take much more than a year and a half. The paradigm shift. It was a total, it, like I said, you know, and mind you, I'm not dissing Fleetwood Mac's rumors when I use it as a point of comparison. I'm just pointing out that People wanted to do stuff that was much more reflective of what was happening on the street. And Cherry was. Cherry ended up being being the video that set the tempo for the next decade of skateboarding. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that the the five-year-long project and trips to China and all that shit, that, that died with Pretty Sweet. Like, we haven't I mean, really seen that since. Well, it also died with COVID, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Of, <laughs> I, I mean, like, that's the thing that really stood out in watching some of the videos from the 2000s recently. Um, and also today, re-watching Pretty Sweet was China footage is, you almost wonder if it's ever going to come back. I don't think you know? it is. I, I don't know. Like, it felt like, of course, brand new buildings in a country with limited skateboard, you know, industrial, whatever, in infrastructure. And all of a sudden, it's like perfect ledges, perfect steps. You know, you can bribe a guard here and there, you know, public that will just crowd around and watch you. It, it feels like a relic. And again, I think it's it's a sign of largesse because the skits in here with, uh, what's his face? Um, homeboy from Better Call Saul. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't, I just started Better Call Saul. Is it uh, Will Arnett? <laughs> Bob Odenkirk? Or, uh, or who's the other guy? Right? It's, it's Bob. It's from Mr. Show, right? Is Bob Odenkirk in Pretty Sweet? No. You're no. thinking of Will Arnett. Will Arnett, yeah. And Jack oh, Black. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> All good. But but think about it, like um, the celebrity cameos. You know, like it, I'm starting to feel like Krailtap had to kind of go through the ringer again. You know, they've, it's not like, like it's all been sunshine and rainbows for them as an organization. Like they've had a hard I, go at it at, at certain points, some harder than others. Like with, with the celebrity cameos in mind. And, you know, your idea of uh, <laughs> death and rebirth of a Krail Tap girl and chocolate distro. I have a hard time calling them Krail Tap distribution. They're just girl and chocolate in my head. That stated, like, the kind of just like, oh, non sequitur, like, famous dude saying funny shit about our writers. Like, at that point, it was kind of, it, it's tight. It was funny. Like, him ribbing, uh, who's, who's he really guy? He gets Alex Olsen being like, yeah, dude do tricks people under 30 would like and he laughs it's funny but it's like what's the fucking point like what does this bring the the charlie chaplin costin skit 
in mouse has better redeeming values you know absolutely when you, when Although, you really think about it when jack black like he's when's he naked in that video oh god yeah he's i mean in the video, like, and it's like what's i don't get it it's like okay one of your owners is like a famous and oscar winning i believe director yep but what's the point of this i it's thought not, the will arnett like, stuff was good especially good. when he it's like he talks shit about raven like you know can't spend your whole fucking time in the skate park which obviously i love and then it goes into raven's part like it it kind of makes sense the jack black stuff which which does lead into sean malto's part like i'm not a jack black fan like dude just has like uh attention seeking vibes like super <laughs> bad love them in high fidelity though he nailed it as barry absolutely but here's the thing when they're in the van and like uh i guess it's will arnett who's roasting everybody his his little dig at costin I don't know. There was something about that that made me feel like, okay, it feels like they did some research in writing out this skit and they kind of found the things that were a little bit irritating or strange about everybody and had a good laugh about them. And like the thing about Costin, you know, going out to China to film something and then quitting after 20 minutes and breaking the board because such and such wasn't right. It it, it kind of like it made me laugh. I was like, I can definitely see that happening. And I don't know. I I think it goes back to the the feeling of, you know, it's, you know, it's an unnecessary largesse. Pretty sure Corey Winecheck wrote that. That's okay. Good. Oh, yep. and here's the other thing. Here's the other reason why. I mean, let's frame it against when this was happening, right? So this video came out in 2012, where the economy was still very much in recovery from the 2008 crash and subsequent recession. So this felt it. It almost felt like I, I can. I can imagine that there might have been some viewers who would have looked at this and be like. You know, these guys are out there flying to China, such and such, getting celebrities in our video. And, you know, we can't even afford to fix the VX. Yeah, it's kind of like a haves and the have-nots kind of thing. And, you know, pretty sweet is the haves. Exactly. And then, like, the have-nots and everybody else took over, not even two years later. You know, all of a sudden it was breaking out the old VXs, you know, pals with VHS and eventually, you know, pulling out beta cams, sketchy landings. I mean, that's, you're right. Like, you know, the point that y'all made earlier about... The skating is immaculate. It's almost like, I don't know. It, like, it feels like something that would be on in the skate shop, but who would be paying attention? Yeah, I mean, at the time, everybody would be paying attention, but now it, it's, yeah, just just an old video. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And back then, yeah. I mean, Girl Tap definitely sold the juice. Like, Girl Chocolate I mean, definitely yeah. had the juice. Girl and Chocolate. I mean, you got to remember, like, they had the upcoming pros. They had the legacy pros. They had the legacy, legacy pros. I even feel like Elijah Burrow, you know, hot at the time. Like, that video was not met without a lot of anticipation. And, I mean, yeah, even, even you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about him later, but, like, Ty Evans made that video. And even then, there were detractors, but, like, that dude was, you know, he was the best dude in video making videos for the best companies in skating, to put it simply. Yep. Oh, I think this is peak Ty Evans. I don't think anything he's made since has been as good. I think that he's, you know, gotten more re- more and more resources, but I think that he's strayed farther and farther away from what skaters truly want. What do skaters? Ripping skating. They want to feel something. And I, I think when, when the production values are too high, we're taken out of the action. Like, it's got to be a little bit street level. It's got to be a little bit, like, these guys are not that far away from me and my friends. Mm-hmm. Like if what? if me and my friends were a little bit better at skating, and my filmer was a little bit better at filming, we could make this video. 
Like, I think that that is what, what I want or what people want from a skate video. It's got to be a, at least a little bit relatable so that you can be inspired by it. I agree. I think it's, yeah, I think you got to be, there's an, there's always an aspirational part of skateboarding. And once you take that away, and I, I feel like we will touch on this uh, a little bit later here with a second topic, but um, I agree that this is peak Ty Evans in that it almost, yeah, it does take you out of the action at some point. And for some reason, I'm thinking of the guy Mariano. It's like a bump to wall ride, and he ollies off the wall over like a little garden planter. And the trick's great, but like it's in such immaculate and oddly colored HD, and it's slow mo, and it's too smooth, and it's too crisp. And you're like, what am I watching? There's nothing visceral about this. This isn't getting me hyped. I'm like, you know, looking at, you're not even looking at pixels. I don't know what you're looking at. It's just weird. It's too hyper real. Right, like you can see the dust coming off the wall and like just every little speck of dirt on the wheels and whatever. Like there's too much time to take it all in, you know? Like we need a little bit of just a smack in the face of a wall ride and ollie out or something. And I think all those like head-on clips, which I think are like the Steadicam shots, I think they're all weird. And I'm I'm someone who really likes head-on clips like i think they're really rad because as a viewer you kind of like don't know what's coming next but yep like with with the weird camera and weird filming it just it, instead of like oh shit i don't know what's coming next it's like oh shit i don't know what's up with this clip it's fucking weird well like part of what makes skating so great and what makes watching skate videos so great is like you're kind of not at at a certain point you're not supposed to be thinking like you're just reacting, you're taking it in and yeah, reacting to what you see with that ultra slow-mo, you know, and a weird fisheye on it. Like you're just, anal- you're, you're thinking like, what are they doing? How are they doing this? Right. What is as this camera? To, what lens are they using? Why does yeah, this look so as different? A, as opposed to like uh, Yelty, like in a polar video, like filmed from in front clip by ah, the homie who make, who, who films that way so well. In those polar videos, for, forgive me for getting for forgetting his name. Templeton, do you have it? Uh, I think his Instagram handle is like Towson Grills. That's what? gonna have to suffice for now, because yeah. yeah, it is. But um, you know that shit's that's like fast, mm-hmm. and he's skating fast, and you literally don't know what's coming next, and it's like all of a sudden you know three sixty flip into a bank, then you know crooked grind something. The level of production, I think, did. I, I think that level of production did fall out of favor because it was kind of like a stumbling point in a way. It is. It's also expensive. I mean, I'm thinking about just the intro, which they filmed at Elysian Heights Elementary School. It's a magnet school in Echo Park. It's actually at Baxter and Echo Park Avenue. So the very, very, very steep hill that Nuge hill bombed some, some years back for Thrasher and that somebody jumped the Tesla over. Sick um, clip, by the way. Which one? The, uh, the <laughs> jumping jump. the Tesla or, <laughs> or the bombing the hill? Tesla jump. Uh, it, it, yo, he, the driver fucked up some guy's Subaru, and it turns out I think it was a, either a loaner or a rental. So it, it still hasn't been solved, and I'm sure whoever is responsible for it is definitely not coming forward. Because right. Anyway, besides the point, me and my friend Jack actually got busted skating at that school. It's a bit of a hell to climb the fence to get in there. There's a corner bank that's over there. It looks a bit like Los Feliz Elementary that you used to be seen in the old uh, 101, uh, old 101 videos. Anyway... You know, the amount of just getting the confetti stuff. I mean, you know, for a fact, 
Spike Jones went got permits. And that's the that's the thing that kind of makes it feel a little bit remote or make me a lot remote, you know, getting permits, you know, being able to film those tricks, having those people jumping off roofs, maybe even having a stunt coordinator or a safety person on set, like, you know, how do you relate to that? You know, who of us is going to be able to come up with a skit that good or an intro that good with no budget? Man, I actually liked the opening skit. I mean, like this video basically has two openings and I, the first opening, which I think is like the spike opening and then there's the tie opening. I actually really like it. You know, it's like you get to see each person. And you're like, okay, that's McCrank. Oh, like who are these people hopping out of the out of the truck? And like, oh, there's BA throwing his board down. And then like there's Alex Olsen going up the steps. And then, oh shit, there's Malta grinding an 18 stair rail. And then like, it's like you get hit with new stuff at just the right time. And then it's like this huge crowd of people and like Jerry Sue is in there and Braden Zafransky's in there. And it's just like, there's so much to take in. And it does feel, to me, it felt like triumphant and exciting. And even watching it again yesterday, I was like, oh, this is rad. I like this. I like the song. So that, I mean, that helps for me, I think. But were you guys, like, Mike, what did you think? I mean, like, I, I like it. it. Seems like Patrick didn't. Where do you fall on the first intro? First intro is super rad with the drone and just that coordination. And I can see how it could be alienating where it's like, we couldn't do this, but it's like, you know, the, the compare and contrast, the Spike Jones approach to the Ty Evans approach, where that was pure fun of like, whoa, shit, what can we do? Because, you know, I can relate to trying to do like one shot Scorsese or something and like, like, you know, a single, a single, what's the word I'm looking for? Not trolley shot, but tracking. Yeah. Single shot do a bunch of coordinated stuff and it's fun that like everybody and their grandma's in there watching the Ty Evans intro. I was kind of like, Oh, this is cool, but it's also pointless. Right. It's like, this is like a montage of me playing with like cool cameras and like doing cool shit. You know, like they just like sledgehammer a sheet of glass in slow mo or like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, not trying to just steady hate, but you know, even with like the hot chocolate tour, the documentary, you know, they had their skits, the board's on fire, there's this, there's that. Like that did just seem like a mismatch of like cool looking shit that involves skateboarding as opposed to something that really, really has a purpose in the video. You know, it's like, okay, 360 flip in front of flames. And like you said, smash the glass and maybe some like weird special effects clips that do or do not land because you don't know which is which. I don't know. I like you, those special effects clips. I think they're I fun. They're, they're like like quick and like surprising, and it do, it feels like only girl can do this or girl chalk. Like yeah, it just feels like high end and thoughtful and interesting. You've sold me. <laughs> it had to happen. You're right. You know what? I'll give you that. You know why that had to happen? Because if it didn't happen, you wouldn't have the super low budget, awful, dire straits, money for nothing style animation that you see in a lot of the bronze videos, which is. Maybe not a direct reaction, but definitely much more DIY and much more, you know, like much more representative. I honestly just much more representative of uh, what most of us think about when we think about skateboarding, picking up a camera and making a video with friends or just coming up with whatever weird stuff hits you at three o'clock in the morning. But in retrospect, I feel like this is aged a lot better than I thought it would. And I like it. I, I enjoyed looking back on it. And even though I definitely I'm still super critical about a lot of parts of this video, mostly the music, that 
this is a this is this was and is a blue you know blue chip skate company you know they came they came heavy they did you know? indeed oh by the way by the way speaking of heavy and speaking of sledgehammer mike you have planted this seed in my head <laughs> and i'm going to keep talking about it because i want it to come out into the into the universe shadware's next part has to be has to be soundtrack by sledgehammer only he could bring it but we have I, deluxe uh, listeners so and i i tweeted about it and i added atted a-t-e-d tim fulton aka flow trash at flow trash on twitter rest in peace twitter that is so we'll see we'll see we just keep putting that out into the world man and then back to back to girl chocolate you know going to the bunny hop premiere last year and just seeing like the the sentiment of warmth, happiness, the fact that the skits were felt like old times. The skits felt a lot more like Chocolate Tour or Mouse than say Pretty Sweet or Fully Flared. I think the fact that there's a lot of new talent on the team, like the fact Carl a- Carl Aikens, the most handsome man in skateboarding, dog. <laughs> you know, like they figured it out. Like they went through the ringer. You know, this it's not the first time it's happened to them either. And you know they they've, they've they've got something back they've got they've got something new related but unrelated where is so Corey Kennedy is still on on um he's still on parole correct is he still is he on um electronic watch band and like you can't leave uh, can't leave the county I'm not sure I mean Mike you you I, said you just saw him at EMB right oh uh in a in a clip not in person despite having been at EMB like three days ago boys behind the times no I think I, I mean he must have some level of autonomy be interesting to see you know i'm sure he's insanely talented still yeah i'm very eager to see uh what a newly freed Corey kennedy video part looks like i gotta ask you guys what do we think of the guy mariano part not enough we need more i'm not we need really more. like a guy guy like he's just not like doesn't really do it for me Sound. what about you mike not even mouse or a mouse I, guy guy yeah i mean mouse of course like I, I feel like Mouse, he's skating very cool in Pretty Sweet and currently, and maybe fully, yeah, definitely fully flared. Skate's kind of dorky. I, d- I, I came up with a Pretty Sweet Mariano trick. Should I tell you it? What yeah, I what is it? Is? That he didn't do, but that he could have done, that would have fit in. Heel flip barley grind. Yeah, it sounds Lighting like a- insanely hard, but also kind of ugly. I, I feel like he's kind of like gotten out of the... I don't know. He was in like a shove it heel, just like frenzy for pretty sweet. And I feel like he's gotten past that. A mm-hmm. lot of the IG stuff is fun. Would an April skateboards part be pretty fun? I think so. Yeah, I'm eager to see it. It would be amazing, but he has to bring back the long hair with the goatee. That was that was that was a hard look. Yeah, the, I, like, I got it. <laughs> we might steal your CD book, uh, guy Mariano. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I gotta disagree. Time and a time and a place. He's stealing the CD book only in 1997. <laughs> oh, what, what, oh, oh, like I gotta underscore though the um, the fact that Mariano and Costin are on their second board sponsors each, having quit Girl after Pretty Sweet came out, and there's you know nasty financials and hurt feelings and who knows how current the beef is, but like. The way it all fell apart after that is spectacular, and it I I hold the line that it just sucks. Like it yeah. should have been cooler than that, but maybe maybe the rebirth. You know, you gotta gotta have the forest fire for the 
saplings to take root. So yeah, well, well now Costin is has a role with USA Skateboarding. Is he a coach or is he a president? Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Costin was dogging it since pretty sweet. Yeah, he's what? team captain. No, his team... pretty sweet footage was good, but he dogged it after that. Um, yeah, I think that's. Was... <clears throat> for Costin, Costin is, is is team captain. Does that mean he's going to be skating? I think he's probably just there for moral support. I mean, I guess so. Uh, I mean, that could either be, you know, what if he ends up becoming the one who gets uh, USA to the gold in Paris, you know, and is seen as a skateboarding tactical genius. <laughs> Are there tactics in skating? I don't, I don't know. know. Get good you know, skaters. Get, you know, <laughs> it just like comes in with like a stack of DVDs and a laptop and just like we're watching some clips. You know, <laughs> we're doing the fan, you know, like 100 Fandangles. I would be fucking stoked to see the Fandango go down in the Olympics. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on, including skipping the second topic. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to tell what we're skipping. Oh, we're Because you don't even want to talk about it. I love it. Yeah, uh, we're just skipping over Shine On. Not that much to say. Oh, um, how about this? We'll do it stand-up style. Just uh, You just say... What you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, that's it. Okay, Mike. Bring it, Patrick. Oh, I'm not hosting. <laughs> okay, what did I like about it? The tricks were pretty crazy. Half cab kickflip on a crook half cab kickflip crooked grind on a handrail is straight up nuts. Um, here's my notes. Watch it on my phone and that long lens stuff really didn't work because you gotta figure that everybody's watching it on a phone and um, looks like a video game. I also think that Nyjah is kind of like he has no regard for the aesthetic and it's only about the tricks and that can be manifest in, I mean, everything from how he dresses to his board graphics to, you know, you name it. And then um, I will point out, I know Templeton, you mentioned that there's a lot of element boards in that part. And I will note that uh, some of those tricks are super old, like that back tail, the fakie on like a 20 stair, I think it was in a, I don't know, it could have been a 2020 Thrasher interview. I'm, probably completely off on that date but it was a long time ago and i think that's it you you basically just gave an example of why arts and music education is so important because that's the thing that can help shape taste and get people to look at things in a way and be like i like the way that looks i like the way that sounds yeah niger open a book please patrick what what did you like what did you didn't like i would have liked the opening line if it was a filmed on a vx and b up close as opposed to way out. It, it felt like voyeurism, right? But the tricks were good. Even though his fits aren't great, I respect his shorts game. It's not quite the caliber of Lucas Puig, but you know, some people need sparkling wine. The rest of us gotta have champagne. And Lucas Puig is shorts champagne. He sets the standard by which the shorts must be. Things I didn't like, there's a lot of things I didn't like, but I have a special amount of hate for the cover of Songs of the Siren that they used for the second song. It's originally a song by Tim Buckley. It was covered by This Mortal Coil, sung by Liz Frazier of Cocteau Twins. They use an Eamon Dunes cover of it. And it just, this is why, this is why subcultures need gatekeeping. This is why subcultures need gatekeeping. gatekeeping. Like, please keep stuff that's even remotely cool out of people like Nigel's Orbit. Just please. And maybe he's born again now. I don't know. That's the impression I kind of get from all the church footage and the song in the beginning, but I could be wrong. Templeton, what'd you think? What'd you love? What'd you hate? Uh, I actually really liked the filming on the first line, that like rolling long lens with stuff in the foreground. I, I always think that that stuff looks really cool. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that the skating 
in that sequence quite lived up to the filming. But there was a lot of skating in here that definitely outshined the filming. Kickflip front nose was insane. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Uh, yeah, big rails. Yeah, insane shit. And there was a motocross toe-in that kind of reminded me that Nigel is low-key awesome on a motocross bike. I would love to see a Nigel motocross street part. Like, bring the motorbike to the street spots and fucking, you know, send it up El Toro or some shit. Like, or, like, do, do like, a tabletop at Hollywood High, you know, like, up the 16, down the 12 or something. Like, give, give me that Nigel part. That's what I'd be stoked on. Which brings us to the end of our show for real this time, uh, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I already mentioned it, but uh, I dragged my family to EMB, and I made my little brother uh, stare at axle nut marks on the brick. He actually was cool, or actually thought it was cool, so that was that was nice. Also, I like being uh, on either coast, where you can get seafood that's really, really good, so stoked on that. And then um, also stoked on the Noah Nayef part for April. I actually thought he was the new guy, but uh, the Gift King here says they started making him uh, like gifts of Noah five years ago. So I hadn't noticed him until this part came out and I watched it and it was super good. So uh, it'll be in the show notes. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? So this week I am stoked on Spitfire Wheels. As we are recording it's becoming increasingly likely that Twitter will not be the same as it was when we woke up today. And I just want to express my love and appreciation for hashtag skate Twitter. Some amazing things have happened. Met some really cool people, had some really fun times and shared some awesome ideas. Maybe we'll find a way to keep that going. Uh, I'm really stoked for Marcello Campanello turning pro for Max Allure, who are dope brand. And I think they have a video coming out or premiering this weekend uh, mm-hmm. up at Deluxe up in San Francisco. Really stoked on alternate tunings. I've been playing a Fender Jazzmaster that's tuned to E, G, D, G, B to D. Sonic Youth tuning, I believe. And it's, it sounds otherworldly. It sounds scary. And speaking of music, last week I was not on the show because I went to see the Manic Street Preachers and Swayed at the Hollywood Palladium. And they were fantastic. Oh, it was everything about it was perfect. And Suede played Animal Nitrate. And I love that song. Wonderful member of that first album. Templeton, what are you stoked on? I am stoked on an app. It's called AnyList. And it's just super helpful for making lists. Uh, my wife and I use it for a shared grocery list. So, you know, when you run out of olive oil, you just throw it on the list. And it's there when, uh, when you go to the grocery store. And it's super good for use for other kind of lists. Like I use it at work for shot lists. And that's shared. So we all know you know, what shots we got, what shots we need to get. Just really helpful app there called AnyList, which will be linked in the show notes. Kind of jumping on there. Uh, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links uh, to stuff like AnyList and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Also, don't forget to send us your stoked on voice notes. Uh, Patrick, where can the people find you? Uh, hopefully you can still find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle at Pikigongo or doing stuff with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Mike, where can the people find you on the rapidly decaying internet? Uh-huh. Uh, same handle, Twitter and Instagram. I guess that will never change. At M. Munzenrider. 
Templeton, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can still find me on Twitter forever at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. We will see you guys next week.